Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Annie Dillard is in her late 70s now, but she was only 29 when she won the Pulitzer Prize for her nonfiction narrative, Pilgrim at Tinker Creek. I don't remember when I first discovered this book, but I was so enchanted, I've read it, or at least parts of it, several times over the decades since its publication in 1974. On her official website, Dillard lists her religion as none. But she doesn't seem to be capable of thinking about or writing about anything but God. It's just that her God is so much bigger and frankly so much stranger than anything that can be captured in even the most elegant creed. Our life is a faint tracing on the surface of mystery, she writes in chapter 1. Pilgrim at Tinker Creek is her exploration of that mystery in the context of her tiny corner of the world alongside an unremarkable creek near Roanoke, Virginia. One of my favorite passages is a story she tells about herself as a child growing up in Pittsburgh. She would take a penny of some value to a six-year-old in the 50s and hide it in the crook of a tree or a crack in the sidewalk. She would then draw with chalk huge arrows pointing to the treasure. When she learned to write, she added prompts. Money this way, (laughs) surprise ahead. I was greatly excited during all this arrow drawing, she wrote, at the thought of the first lucky passerby who would receive in this way, regardless of merit, a free gift from the universe. She didn't stay around to see who found her penny. She simply planted it and went on her way not giving it another thought until the next time she was seized by the impulse to plant a penny. Since the day I read this story for the first time, I have never come across a stray penny without picking it up. On walks in my neighborhood, in parking lots, under sofa cushions, on the floor of the car, I then drop the found pennies in a little cup that lives on the windowsill in my kitchen. These tiny treasures remind me somehow of God's unbounded grace. 
In today's gospel, Jesus goes out and sits beside the sea. As the crowds gather, he climbs into a boat, and from there he begins to tell a story. Not just any story, but a parable, a curveball of a story that leaves his listeners to ponder its meaning for the rest of their days. Listen, he begins, a sower goes out to sow. And then he spins a yarn that must have sounded to his listeners like sheer foolishness. Sowing without first tilling the, the field? Wasting seeds that have been saved and sorted and protected all winter only to have them carried away by birds or choked by weeds? I can imagine them thinking, Jesus, don't we have a hard enough time getting food on the table without throwing away perfectly good seed? We know, because we know who Jesus was, that he did, in fact, understand their worries and struggles, their fears and heartaches, at least as well and probably better than they did. And we know, because we're well-versed in parables, and have heard this story before, that Jesus is not being intentionally obtuse. Rather, he is evoking in the midst of all their misery and longing a vision for a different kind of world, the world as it can be when all the striving and greed, the violence and cruelty, all of it falls away a world in which everyone has enough and can live without fear in peace. In some of his other stories, Jesus names this world the kingdom of heaven. Immediately before today's lesson, in chapter 12, Jesus has tangled with the religious authorities who have by this time become really irritated with him and they accuse him and are, have started to plot to do him in. And his anxious family has been looking for him, no doubt wanting to rein him in before he gets into even more trouble. But despite their threats and warnings, Jesus keeps to his own path teaching, healing, proclaiming good news, which is what he will continue to do throughout the remaining 15 chapters of Matthew's gospel. About her childhood experience, Anne Dillard, Annie Dillard reflects, the world is fairly studded and strewn with pennies cast broadside from a generous hand. Be it a muskrat kit paddling from its den in the creek, red-winged blackbirds making a racket in a nearby tree, the day's last light before nightfall. Do you count these things? as chips of copper only? 
and go your rueful way? She muses. She goes on. It is dire poverty indeed when a man is so malnourished and fatigued that he won't stop to pick up a penny. But if you cultivate a healthy poverty and simplicity so that finding a penny can literally make your day, then since the world is in fact planted with pennies, you have with your poverty bought a lifetime of days. Dillard's parable, it seems to me, is getting at that same hard-to-pin-down ideas as Jesus' parable. A generosity that is infinite. A generosity that says, there's more where this came from. A generosity that doesn't come undone, even when it is misused, ignored, or misunderstood. The catch is, You need eyes to see, or in the case of Jesus speaking to the crowd, ears to hear. Abundance, joy, grace. It's not cheap, but it is absolutely free. You may be thinking about now that both of these parables, the sower of seeds and the planter of pennies, are nonsense, given the harsh facts of our collective life. The whole world is broken to pieces and our hearts along with it. Surely throwing caution to the wind along with the seeds is not the answer nor is living in perpetual, awestruck wonder of the natural world. In Sunday school, I learned the parable of the sower was about trying really hard to make of myself good soil so that good results could come from seeds planted in me. There's truth in that, for sure. But now I am living in a different season and I'm wondering, what if we were to place ourselves in the parable, not as the soil, but as the sower? What if we were to put down, at least when it comes to loving God, the world, and each other, our, all of our nose to the grindstone striving and just offered to our soul-starved world, whatever it is we have to give. Vincent Van Gogh sold exactly one painting during his lifetime, but he just kept painting. 900 paintings at all, in all, over a period of about 10 years. Today, those paintings are scattered all over the world in prestigious museums. Annie Dillard was convinced that no one would pay a lick of attention to the longhand scratchings of a Virginia housewife. 
but she just kept writing. Decades later, she would stop accepting honorary degrees because wearing high heels to accept another award was more than she was willing to do. <laughs> Jesus, of course, is the sower. He faced bitter opposition every step of the way during his three-year ministry. But he just kept spreading good news. And ultimately, a few disciples did, in fact, carry his message to the ends of the earth. Which is why we are here today. As for you and me, we may not experience so-called success as the world defines it, but the invitation to join Jesus in the sowing is available to us even now. Most of us will leave church today and go on our rueful way. But this I can promise. Come back next week and there will be more good news. There will be more bread and more wine. There will be more friendship, more grace, and it will flow from here week after that and the week after that and the year after that and on and on. Our life is indeed a faint tracing on the surface of mystery. So don't even bother trying to make sense of it. If you find a penny, pick it up for heaven's sake. If you have some love to give, give it and leave the end of your story in God's good hands. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates, or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org slash podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.